All right, so welcome everybody on Periscope watching live right now. Yes, Martin's in the picture, sort of. Welcome to Idea Lemons, Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, a special live version live from Periscope, and we are in General Assembly Santa Monica. This is part of an epic six-week road trip that Martin McGovern, over off the screen there, and I are doing together for our business, Idea Lemon. We're taking the podcast around the country talking to dope entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians along the way. We just left San Francisco this morning. It was a hell of a drive to get down here, but we made it in time to talk to our man here, Daniel Colossus de Piazza. That's not my official middle name <laughs> legally, but it is my favorite. <laughs> Daniel's the founder of Rich 20-something. He helps 20-somethings uh, achieve financial freedom and basically do more of what they love through his products, such as uh, his online courses showing you how to build profitable freelance businesses. Is that a good summation? That's better than I have ever said. <laughs> it's really good. All right. That means, hey, that means your marketing's working. Yeah, that means it's working. <laughs> uh, what we are doing right here is a live edition of our podcast, and we want to let you guys know that our podcast and our road trip is in partnership with a cool company called Under 30 Experiences. They're a really awesome travel Woo! community. All three of us here, myself, Daniel, and Martin, are all alumni of Under 30 Experiences. And we've been on awesome trips. They've really changed our lives. And yeah. we, yes, he has. Yeah. I went to Iceland and Belize. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's like an under 30 alumni reunion in its nice. own. Uh, I think we've made some one of our, two in this city. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. We'll be doing a, a later one or an official one in LA in a couple of days. But uh, I think we've probably made some of our best friends out of those trips. So just really cool things, really cool experiences out of it. So. Under 30 Experiences is our partner for the road trip and this podcast. If you guys listening right now on Periscope and when we have this on recording, want to check out some of their trips, maybe you want to go to Iceland, Ireland, Belize, Bali, Costa Rica, etc. They have other trips too that are really fun. Use the promo code IDEA11 for $100 off your next booking. Can I use that? You can use that. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So what we do with our podcast, for those who don't know, is... Every episode, we sit down with someone interesting, and we explore one of those pressing life questions that are things that you always think about, but you rarely ever talk about, or maybe if you've had several of these you know, beers or wines, or Daniel, you're drinking tea. It's just tea. So maybe when you're just you know, thinking deeply on your own, think it's lounge just chair. <laughs> you don't know what I had before I got here. <laughs> maybe that's when you voice these questions after yeah. you've had a few, but we bring it out up front. We're really stoked to have Daniel DiPiazza with us. Today, we're gonna talk about how do you become memorable? Uh, I think, so when we got together and said, let's do a podcast together, uh, for me, that question came to mind immediately uh, to do that with you, Daniel, because I think on the business side, a lot of what you do is obviously memorable. You put yourself out there on social media and stuff. But a lot of it, I think, is rooted just in the personality of who you are. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, I think the main, the main change that's happening right now in business and media is, I don't know, how old are you? I don't know. 26. Okay, 26. So we're the same age, 27. When, when I was a kid, uh, I remember my grandma had these, um, like these Tony Robbins CDs, right? Personal power and all that stuff. And like entrepreneurship and information marketing back in the day was very, it's very commercialized. It was very much like um, people had these larger than life personalities. And that's what it was looked up to. And now I think the shift is if you want to be to become memorable, it's less about being a big brand that's larger than life and more about being yourself because that's what people relate to. And 
So I think that's what I try to do, which is easy, because I'm just doing what I would normally do. Right. And what I think is funny is like, so we submit our bios here to General Assembly, right? And the first thing in your line is, is I'm a burrito enthusiast. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, like, like you know, it's kind of like, have you ever tried to make a, um, like a, like a dating profile on OkCupid yeah. or, or whatever? Um, and you're just, they're just like, tell us about yourself. You're like, uh, I don't know. I, I like, I'm really good at math. Yeah, really good at math. Um, I have one of you spelling bees. I uh, still have vintage Pokemon. Yeah, you know, it's like, what do you, what do you say? So it's, it's almost harder to make yourself into like this larger than life, like overhyped version of yourself. And it's easier to just be who you actually are. There's also less disappointment when you catfish the person. So. Yeah, well, there's, that. there's that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, so what, what's interesting with that is, uh, Martin, I think you, you might have brought this point up uh, either on a previous podcast or just in one of our conversations, but talking about the timing of things, like the 80s was really like when everyone had to create a character. Greed is good. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like Mr. Go. T, Hulk Hogan, all that stuff. Like uh -huh. you had to create a character to be successful. Action figures were all the rage. Right. They still are. They still are. And now it's less about the larger than life stuff, although you got a, you got a physique too, Daniel. Well, you know, you really can. It's mostly plastic surgery, but. I've had a lot of work done. We're in Santa Monica. You're going to have to let me know. You're going to have to let me know here, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been looking for some. It's the, it's the Kardashian doctor. <laughs> so it's less about you know being the character now. Maybe it's due to the fact that everything is accessible now. Right. And now it's about really just instead of creating a character, it's about how do you take what you already are and almost just like amplify that. Yeah. It's the wrestling approach. Yeah. Obviously. The what approach? The wrestling approach. So oh. back when Hulk was making his character, it wasn't his personality exemplified. But when The Rock came in, The Rock blew himself up. It was just his own personality to a new level. And that's what you see people doing now. Instead of creating yeah. these super... Well, I, I'm, I'm going to let you guys, maybe Raj, talk this a little bit more than, <laughs> than I can go into the details. But it is just your own personality to the... Thousandth degree. Yeah. yeah. One of the one person comes to mind. I don't know if you guys watch um, C. T. Fletcher on YouTube. Yeah. He's so he's this big. He's this fitness personality, and I don't know if you guys out there listening have seen C. T. Fletcher. So C. T. Fletcher is this um, huge, huge powerlifter um, from Long Beach, like old school, um, old school powerlifter. See the guy, the the one with all the YouTube ads. You know what I'm talking about? The no, that's, Jack Asian guy? No, not the Asian guy. No. <laughs> T.T. Fletcher is a huge, big black guy from Long Beach who's a powerlifter, and he's like, his, his main phrase is like, I command you to grow. And he has this huge personality. And so that that's not a character that he's created. That's a big version of himself. And what's happened is he was on YouTube for a few years, for like maybe a year, two years, just doing videos of him acting crazy in the gym where no one was paying attention to him. He was just being himself. He just acted crazy, looked at crazy amounts of weight. And he just was doing it because it was fun. Then someone, so a couple people saw what he was doing. They're like, wow, this guy's awesome. And then he blew up. And now all his videos are like that version of himself. But now that he knows he has a huge stage, he's like super extreme with his personality. It's still him, but he has to like really play it up, you know? And that, so that brings up to mind for me, there's this idea, and this is a whole conversation about becoming memorable. There's good memorable and there's bad memorable. The, the, the infamous version, and famous. There you go, infamous and famous. And the previous version of C.T. Fletcher, where you said no one was watching, that's like akin to everyone has that, that guy or girl from high school who's like the drunk guy or the drunk girl at the party. 
who just drank Not way too much. Many names. <laughs> who just you know drank way too much, and like they got known for the bad things. And basically, when they were the least when they were the least themselves, is the times that people remember them the most. But you remember them in a neck like, oh, there they go again, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I mean, and, well, and, and then when you when you start to get notoriety for the for like the small pieces of your personality, you start to get notoriety for the for like the small little idiosyncrasies, then you're forced to play those up more often because those are what people know you for. You now, so um, so it, it's kind of this weird catch twenty two sometimes. Yeah, totally. I find that interesting because, like, one of the things that we talked about early on is whether or not we could um, curse on the podcast, right? Right. Curse. Oh. These, this this word, curse. No, but um, but it was one of those things where it's like, as long as it's not forced or it's not like you're trying to curse, right, right, it's totally fine because it's just who you are and it's you know it's just a good time. Like right now, I could throw in a couple f bombs, but it doesn't seem. Natural, because I'm talking right. about cursing. But it might come out later. But episode. it might come out later, especially with a glass of wine. But the idea being, um, once you get to be known as, and this is something that happens in comedy a lot, like if you're known as a dirty comic, then you have to keep playing up being a dirty comic, even if you don't want to do that anymore. And right. so kind of going off what you're saying, heightening who you are, but still remaining yourself, not just a character of yourself, I think is a, is a tough line for people to draw as they try and be both memorable and also true to themselves. So, what would you say, Daniel, like, when you think about yourself? What do you think people say about you, people who know you? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was natural, by the way. Supernatural <laughs> fuck. Super, that was the most natural fuck I've ever heard. It so natural. It took 10 uh, seconds yeah. for that to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I feel like there's a weird, um, I feel like there's a weird uh, juxtaposition between what I think people say about me and what they actually say about me. So um, sometimes I'll be at home and I'll be um, I'll be just going through my material. I'll be looking through a blog post or on Facebook or Instagram, and um, people will say things like, "Like I was just checking my email before we started this thing." I, someone was responding to um, something from like one of my free courses that went up, and he's like. You you are changing the world with this with this material. Thank you so much for impacting me in the most positive way. You're doing God's work. I'm like, really? Because I, I put together a seven day email sequence to help you come up with a profitable idea. I'm doing God's work. And, and God God has you know God has the business okay. so, CRM system. But that's surprising, right? So I think I think um, there's like two sides of it. On the one side, there are people who like really. Really, really appreciate what I'm doing. Past the point where I, where I even, where I even um, think of myself like that. Sure. But then there is like weird people who are like I get weird emails of people who one person said he wanted to throw me in a giant cheese grater, like because he didn't like it. Yeah, yeah, he's like he's like I hope I want to throw you in a giant cheese grater. I'm like, well, you know, you hear the name DPS and you got mozzarella. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just like yeah, like I think I think that um, I think that like overall, 90% of people don't care about me or anybody. And then, like the ten percent, you know, everyone else is on the fringes of either really love what you're doing or absolutely hate you. Yeah, but and this is something that came up on one of the previous episodes was we. What are you saying, Mark? I'm sorry. Move away from your mouth. Oh, why? It's very. Uh, okay. All right. Sorry. It's too phallic. <laughs> uh, this came up on one of our previous episodes, I think, with Jason Bay. Uh, but this idea that like 
you're not doing something right unless you attract people who don't like what you're doing. Mm. That's when you know you're doing something. Important. Interesting. Yeah. That's why I stand in the street just screaming obscenities at people <laughs> in every city we go to. Well, because you want because some polarization is good, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, um, go if you especially when you get popular on really really visual. You look at YouTube comments from popular YouTubers, they'll be like, especially because my girlfriend and I will watch popular beauty videos, beauty gurus, and they'll be like, look at look at four minutes and 30, 13 seconds in, that bitch is so fucking ugly. Her hair, her hair is all messed up there. She looks fat at three minutes. And you're like, why? If you think she's so ugly, why were you watching three minutes in and nitpicking this? You know, and it's like, you really, you're in love with her, aren't you? You know, and because why do you care so much? It's the high school. It's, yeah. it's like, oh, that yeah. oh, and you're yeah. just like crushing on that. So, but you know what? That stuff never goes away. Like I, today, I biked up to the barbershop, right? And with the barbershop for me, like a mile away from my house. And I was I was putting on a, a helmet in my bike. And I'm like, if I was in middle school, this helmet would be gay. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, you can't wear a helmet in middle school because totally. that would be gay. But now I'm thinking to myself, you know what's gay? Cracking my head. Yeah. That's really gay. <laughs> you know? I remember actually, like when I was a kid, like middle school, I would. Because my parents would be like, you can't ride your bike, don't wear a helmet. So I would, I would wear it Good until, I, until I turned the corner. I would dump the helmet into a bush. And then when I came back home, I would <laughs> take it up and I would go to school. <laughs> I did the same thing. I had um, like these, uh, do you guys remember Jayco jeans? Uh, you know, I mean, those, they're no, just like these big, these big, like baggy jeans. Oh, I really wide Yeah, and they have, I don't know what they, I don't know if they're made of like a nylon or like this like big silk. I don't know why. I, I think they're made out of parachutes, but yeah, no parachutes. Yeah, they're like these BMX jeans and these BMX pants, and like I used to like hide them in my backpack, and like my mom would make me wear these stupid khaki shorts to school, and I would hide these jeans in my backpack so I could wear them to school when I got to school, yeah, and then just take them off when I got home. <laughs> I, I really wish I could like slap myself, yeah, slap younger me in the face. Wearing a helmet is totally cool. Yeah, <laughs> well, awesome. I feel I'm massively like, ostracized right now because I do. Not wear a helmet. But you know, like when we're driving in the car, I got this. Anytime we're in like one of these cities that we're traveling through, if I see someone biking down the street without a helmet, I don't have the window down, but I'm always like, "Why aren't you wearing a helmet?" Yeah, there's no re there's no reason not to. Now I'll pick on you if you don't wear it. What are you doing? Are you idiot! You're on a moving vehicle. There's cars around you. The idea. Oh my hair, man! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now I will admit on the way home I didn't wear one to let my hair feel. But but like generally speaking. Uh, why? Why not? You know, yeah, totally even even now, like um, I have a like a, like a fast car, and um, when I you know, when I first got the car, I've had it for a while. I was like you know zooming around. I'm like, yeah. dude, safety is the new black. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tell that to Chicago. Shit. Man. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Hold on. Are we readjusting the periscope? Ooh, periscope adjustment. All right, cool. For those of you on Periscope, this will be Periscoping until the phone runs out yeah, of battery. We're just going to rock into the wheels. Just so you guys know, uh, if you want to look up all of our other episodes, our podcast name is on Idea. I'm actually going to let them just take over my Instagram after this. You guys can just have it. Is there a way I can just transfer all my followers? Because I don't, I don't want the responsibility of it. Seriously. I can't wait we'll to just it. take a lot of hot dog leg pictures like, for the rest of the trip now that we're in the sunnier parts of the country. <laughs> So anyways, Periscope people, check us out on idealemon.com and our podcast is called Discover Your Inner Awesome. Gotcha. So now back to this conversation. I think what's interesting now about all the stuff we talk about, the helmet thing of all things, right, is that when people are telling you that you should be a certain way, that's usually, you should usually do the opposite of that. And I hate to say mm -hmm. Zig Rother Zag because it's so cliche, mm -hmm. but 
it's a it's a symbol to that. Like we've been reading this book on our on our road trip in the car. It's, it's called a road trip. You read to each other? Yeah. Passages. <laughs> we read scripture. <laughs> so sweet. <yeah. laughs> this audiobook is boring. <laughs> I thought I had a good voice. <laughs> so, anyways, well, there's a. You see how we pause. <laughs> Sorry, I was well, making a fist. Okay. Anyway. Um, so in the book, it's called Road Trip, and it's about uh, basically just like people carving their own path, and they bring up so many examples of these very successful people, like Jeff Bezos, the Howie Schultz, those kinds of people, who were told you need to go down this one path, and they tried that, and it made them miserable, and then when they just said, I'm going to do what I want with my time, that's when they started to like blossom and grow into yep. the people they wanted to be. Martin, uh, I know that from obviously knowing you very well, uh, one of the things you've struggled with in the past is getting past that, like, what are his, people His face right now looks so skeptical, he's like, what's he going to ask me? <laughs> As every episode, there's one thing. What is it? So you, I know you've struggled with in the past, maybe not recently, but longer past, of what are people, like, in this given scenario going to think of me? And that's something that I don't think really bothers you so much anymore, but, like, how did, what was your mindset in those moments versus now? Well, so I find it very interesting because there's a few different ways that that comes up. There's the way in which I actually care and I'm trying to impress someone. So like you can say a first date is a good way that you're trying to impress someone, you're wondering what they're thinking of you. Then there's a way, or an interview or whatever, what have you. Then there's a way in which um, you just don't really feel like you belong in a situation. And so you're worried, you don't know the people in, your, in the room, you're not trying to impress them, you just feel like you're not part of that room. And so that's another way. And what, what are people thinking of you in that moment? And then there's the, the most extreme on the other side, which is I don't care what anyone in this room thinks, like literally at all, and I'm just gonna do my thing or ghost or whatever it is that I wanna do. And so um, I think one of the things that's helped is just being able to identify each of those situations. And so you know now first dates are nothing, whereas I used to maybe get super stressed out. Now it's just, I don't have to think so much about it because I don't have control over what people think of me. All I have control over is whether or not I'm comfortable with myself in the situation, whichever situation it is. And one of the questions I wanted to bring up is what is the first time that you've experienced people like remembering you for something? And so I'm thinking back to middle school when um, before people started telling me you have to dress a certain way or get a certain job or anything like that. And I was just this totally weird, nerdy kid who just did my own thing. I had my like handful of really good friends and didn't really care about being popular or anything. I mean, even if I did care, it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't on the table, so it didn't matter. And so uh, they, they did this one thing at school, in, in middle school, where each day of the week for a whole week, it was like, uh, like uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Where the, like pep week or something, where like every yeah, day has a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so like one of the days was like, Future day, and one of the days was like something else. And on future day, I had uh, silver hair, um, ski goggles, visualizing, yeah, ski goggles, uh, a yellow flannel shirt, and like snow pants on, or something like that. And that's one of those things where it's like in my head, I'm just, I was like, this is all the crazy shit in my house. I enjoy putting on weird things. And they said I can dress up for school. Why wouldn't I do that? That's awesome. 
And people remembered that. And the people that liked me and were my friends were like all about it. Of course, I didn't even talk to the people who maybe didn't like that, so it didn't matter. And so the point being is that that was something that kind of became a thing with me where I'd always go to the extremist stuff. And I'd always like, if you had the opportunity to go over the top, I'd go over the top. And that's what I was kind of remembered for at the time. And I kind of put that all away in the name of <laughs> alarms going off. My girlfriend Mid is now calling me mid-periscope. Mid so what happens in the periscope? I, I think it resumes. I'm going to answer it live. <laughs> Answering his phone. Live. Hello, I'm in the middle of a periscope and a Welcome to WBEZ, Ron McGovern and Raji Vena. What's going on, man? Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> I need a little bit longer. No, I mean, I'm just in the middle of a, I'm in the middle of a periscope and a podcast. So, but, but I'll be out, like, I don't know, soon. Soon. Soon, sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Five years, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. The laughter. <laughs> the laughter. All right. Raj, the laughter doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just too good. Of... Is the periscope still yeah, going? I think, it, I think it ended now. Okay. It's fine. Oh yeah, my God. Why would you call me in the middle of it? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. I love that that's, that's, that's going to be in the recording. That's, that's great. Let's talk about being members. <laughs> great. Like, she will like, remember us. She, no, that. She, she set a time for one of us. She's like, okay, 60 minutes. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's 8.04. It's he eight said four. exactly <laughs> an hour. Are we going to give him a five minute It's like, I know you're 2.1 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the other girl? Who is she? Like, you guys say that meme where they're like, they're like, uh, you're, it's a, Google Maps says it takes you six minutes to get home. It's eight minutes. Who is she? <laughs> Her name is. Uh, I had to stop and get a donut. Yeah, that was uh, jujitsu. Uh, but no, but don't. So keep on your on your thought. Oh well, so I mean, really, at the end of the day, it was. Um, at a certain point, I started trying to become memorable for things that weren't really me. So. Uh, you know, you go to job interviews, your very first ones in college or something like that, and you sit down and you try to play toward a resume or the training that your school gave you or whatever it is, the key hot words that you're trying to fit into the conversation so that person thinks that you're good for that job versus just being memorable who you are. And I think the most interesting thing is no matter what you're thinking and no matter how stressed or unstressed you are, the only way you become memorable in any of those situations for something that's actually you is when you stop trying to impress people and you just start talking and doing things the way you would do them, the way you said earlier. And so, you know, what what was I remembered for in middle school? I have no idea, but I definitely went crazy with any sort of costumes, any sort of fun things. I remember uh, that led to uh, creating like Muffin Man t-shirts because we're all obsessed with like Shrek. Yeah. And that led to like, you know, all sorts of really fun stories and conversations and good times with friends. And so if that's what you want to be remembered for, someone who just likes something, is excited about something, then that's what matters. And so I think someone recently defined nerd as being excited about some sort of topic. And it's like, how can you hate on a nerd? Yeah. How can you hate on a nerd? It just means that they're excited about something. And people are like, well, come on, there's famine in the world and there's wars going on and you're going to sit there and talk about Star Wars. Well. I can't fix famine in another country, but 
But that doesn't mean I can't be excited about something in my life. It's not, it doesn't mean I can't enjoy things um, and be excited about those things. It's the people who sit around all day being negative about everything and constantly just saying, well, you know, I didn't get to do the one thing I wanted to do in middle school, so everything in life is crappy. Then you're being remembered for things that are bad versus just being remembered for what you enjoy. You know, talking about middle school, too, um, sometimes I, I have a pub, like I have one of my guilty pleasures, is I like to go back on Facebook and look where all the cool people that were in middle school are now. Ah, it's married. Really, and most of, no, most of them are so fucked up. Most of them are like, battling like baby mama issues yeah. or they're like they just got out of jail or they're just like they're working at like like middle management or they're doing like um they're at mcdonald's because i feel like there's this and there have been studies too that show that like kids who grow up too fast and they're like cool kids the kid like the first kids were having sex and stuff like that they don't like they hit a, a peak and a cap early and they're actually actually mature at an uneven rate and ah. they don't have a they don't have like a healthy like transition into adulthood, right? Because how can you if you're like, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm touching girls on 12. Like that's not right. probably healthy. Right. It's not a good thing. That reminds me, um, are you familiar with, uh, with the rapper Hoodie Allen? No. Okay. You'll like him. You're about to get scooped. Hoodie Allen, yeah. He's uh, one of my favorite rappers. I love Hoodie Allen. <laughs> His name's Hoodie Allen. He's a white dude out of uh, Brooklyn. He raps about things. Yeah. He's basically <laughs> like the voice of like, Suburban Jew. That, so that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> um, so similar to Little Dick. Yeah, but he's not a comedy rapper. So uh, okay, okay. He's, but he's very good as well. So uh, Hoodie Allen has a song where it's called 18 Cool. And the, the hook of the song, he says, uh, Thumbs up to my friends drinking whiskey. Peace out to the girls that'll miss me. Middle finger to the dudes back in high school. Because you peaked at 18. It's cool. true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I remember being very, like, uh, very... Um, I don't know if jealous is the word because I don't think it was that strong, but very like I guess perplexed is how someone can be so much cooler than me already. Because like I just I was like just born a few years ago. How are you already? <laughs> how are you already like a million times cooler than me? And what what did you do differently that I didn't do? They do that thing where they raise their eyebrows in the center and do like the yeah that thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that thing. Like, I think his name is Aaron Elliot. <laughs> uh, but but then I I realized that like. Um, like a lot of them are just like really, uh, like you were saying, like nerds are people who have like high levels of interest in a specific topic. And now I'm thinking about these people, they didn't really have any type of like interest in anything particular. It was always just like generally, generally doing everything. Yeah, and also mostly just like generally, um, this just pleases me. Oh, this is so uncool. Like their obsession was what was uncool. Resting, I was like, resting bitch face. Yeah, resting bitch face. <laughs> And so that was like, man, that's... Like the that. one thing that always blew my mind is when, and I'm not going to name names here, but there's someone I knew growing up who, uh, <laughs> it was, whatever it is that they didn't like, they would just tear people apart for it until the day they decided they liked it, and then it was yeah. really cool. Oh, oh my God. Man. That's and then you're like, so... so big girls. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's not going to happen. What's the, what's the phrase? Fetch. Yeah, fetch. It's not going to happen. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I find that really interesting because, you know, if you if you watch any sort of behind the scenes of anything that's super successful, you'll find one person who's just geeking out hard. So in the new Star Wars like trailer that came out, the long form trailer, they've got the guy who created um, uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and everything. I don't even know what his character is in the new Star Wars, but he's just sitting there on set looking around. I think he's got like a mask on in the movie. Like you can't even tell it's him. 
I'm forgetting his name right now, but basically he's just sitting there going, this has been my dream forever. And like, you know he got his ass kicked as a kid at some point. And yeah. like, but you got beat up. Yeah, except that now he is just literally, he's taken that love of what he did as a kid and turned it into a world that he's now a part of. And not only a world he's part of, but a world that he gets to now shape. So he was a fan of Star Wars as a kid. Now he is in or creating Star Wars as an adult. And what I, one of the questions we've asked people in the past is, what is the thing that you were most excited about as a child? What was the thing that you wanted to do that you maybe gave up on? Because there's something in there, either the feeling you got from it or the idea in there, really speaks to something that maybe you should start thinking about again today. Mine was Batman, so I don't, I don't know. Mine was and still is pro wrestling WWE. Well, <laughs> we gotta get you on an eating regimen then. <laughs> I don't wanna be a pro wrestler. Yeah, uh, 100 pounds. <laughs> and, uh, and a good character. You know what you'll be in, man. Raj Nation will be a good yeah, character, yeah. Become a citizen. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Taraj is actually a pretty good yeah, Traj, Tyrannosaurus, Raj. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be Traj. <laughs> Are you charging at me? That'll be your finisher. But, I, but th that's what's so great is that like now those things become relatable stories that you can tell other people. So whenever we bring up wrestling, we find the other wrestlers in the room or the wrestling fans in the room. You can always spot a wrestler, oh my God. but you, the fans are a little more hidden. And so, like, once you find those fans, you've got conversations for days. You don't have to talk about the weather. You don't have to talk about anything. You can actually be memorable about a topic. And it's amazing, too, and I know specifically for wrestling, I'm sure you guys have your own interest topics where this happens, too, where it's, like, a, a peculiar interest. So, like, wrestling is kind of like the armpit of America. Who's your, who's your favorite wrestler? Growing up, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, okay. Yeah, yeah I like Shawn Michaels. Uh, more recently, CM Punk, but now he's going to become a UFC fighter. Yeah, he's going to be a real fighter now. Yeah. So, okay, it's not a real fighter. It's yeah, yeah. It hurts. yeah, it does. It does. It hurts my stomach. <laughs> anyway, um, what I think is really funny with that is, so for years I kind of had to like hide the fact that I was a wrestling fan, right? And now I just I say it proudly and I say it all the time, as Mark will attest to. Uh, but when you find another wrestling fan, you can see that person's eyes light up, and it's like you know that you have something to talk about for the next hour or even longer. And I know that probably happens, like, if you find someone else who's into jujitsu. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. Nerding out. And, like, Martin, with comic books or comedy, comedy like TV. Comedy. It used to be TV. I could quote. My brothers and I, I think, only talked to each other in television quotes. <laughs> really? for first, yeah, like, 25 years of my life. So, like, it wasn't until I, I just didn't catch a season of Archer that I had to start having real conversations. <laughs> and so, like... <laughs> so sad. But, but these are all, like, examples, though, of... You know, like, you can give in when people are like, that's dumb, right? Yeah. Or you can just acknowledge that, you know what, it's going to take a little while for you to find the crew that's going to be really into this, too. I'd also like to point out that everything is dumb. Like, pretty much yeah. everything at the <laughs> yeah, end of the day. To someone. Yeah, it's like, I don't give a crap about sports. And for how many years did I try and pretend I like sports yeah. and, like, watch it? My whole Saturday, my whole Saturday watching a game. It's ridiculous. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there like pretending that I like sports with Go people. team! Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, and then Erlacher did Erlacher things. And everyone's like, we know you don't like sports. Why are you standing here? Go away. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I know. And then, but the fun thing is like uh, fantasy football, right? I got pulled into a couple of football drafts. That is my Raj dropping his alcohol. He dropped the mic and uh, <laughs> it was pretty epic. Um, 
And so, like, I think it's so funny. Like, they're like, come on, man, be part of the draft. Like, you got to be part of the draft. The whole office is part of the draft. I joined the draft. I give them my $10. And then I'm, like, out immediately. It wasn't even, like, 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> how? That was lunch, man. <laughs> like, like, you're a bully. You're taking my lunch money. And, like, and I just, I find it so funny because, you know, uh, fantasy football is literally, um, what's the, it's World of Warcraft or it's um, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, it's almost exactly Dungeons yeah, & Dragons. Yeah, let's be honest here. Yeah. And, and I don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons or fantasy football, but the comparison when I heard someone, like, put those two things next to each other and just break it down blew my mind because I'm like, we're all just painting our faces and going to events. Like, why is Comic-Con so much weirder than painting my face and going to a hockey game? I don't understand the difference. And so once you realize that everything's ridiculous, you can really start to embrace everything that you're interested in. It's a super good point. Let's talk uh, tactically some things that make someone memorable that people can do. A kick in the groin usually yeah. makes you pretty memorable. My friend, you Whatever. <laughs> um, what are some of the things, uh, Daniel, that you've done either personally or professionally that maybe not at the moment you're like, I'm doing this to be memorable, but like in retrospect, you're like, yeah, that worked. Uh, you know, I think um, at least in the, in the entrepreneurship space, we were talking about this before, the, the broadcast. Um, when you're trying to build an audience to become memorable in terms of like building an internet following, um, number one component of doing that is just time in the game combined with consistency of whatever your, your message is, right? So like if you're gonna put out a thousand podcasts, eventually start just because you'll just drown out all the other noise. And so for me, what I found is that like that consistency um, combined with like just brutal honesty is what's been just what's been most memorable for me. So one specific example was, and this is a few years ago, um, I wrote a Facebook rant about just all the things that were frustrating me, like nine to five culture, just the, our, our like boxes that we fit into, all that stuff, and it blew up on Facebook on my personal Facebook, and um, you guys know that Facebook isn't really best place for getting a lot of comments. It's hard to get a lot of comments sometimes. People don't see your stuff. But for some reason, this just really took off. Maybe this is resonating. This is a good idea. Um, Did that become the frustrating letter, or the, the yeah, open letter to frustrate exactly. and, and that was what the open letter, I, I wrote this open letter, um, which I put on under 30 CEOs a few years ago, and that blew, that was the initial spark that blew my stuff up. And so I realized after that, you know, like the, the things that resonate most with audience is just saying exactly what I'm thinking uh, because a lot of times um, there are like a lot of us in the, in, the, in the wings waiting silently for someone to express the same frustrations that we have and that's kind of like the tactic I've been using. So one thing I've been doing is I've been, I'll look at like let's say like Instagram, I'll put up like, I'll put up, you know, because the all the quotes and stuff. So I'll put up a quote and it'll be something like, um, you know, if something tells you that you can't do something, don't believe, whatever, it's like an inspirational quote. And I'll watch the quotes very carefully. flower. Yes, you know, and I'll watch <laughs> the quotes very carefully. And um, there will be some quotes that do a lot better than others. For whatever reason, they just resonate with me, science better, I don't know what it is. But I'll take that quote and I'll turn that into like a headline of an article. Right. And that always does better because I'll validate it first on social media because people are like, oh, they, for some reason, they like this combination of words. And I'll use that as an article, and people are like, why are your articles doing so well? Because I already 
looked at this on social media and I knew that we had some sort of emotional pain point. So I'm just in my room trying to think about emotional pain points I can touch on people and I turn those into articles. It works really well. I like that point of the validation because that's something, so like, Martin's gonna get into comedy, like stand-up comedy, or at least improv. It's very fun, but very challenging. I'm scared. <laughs> I did one stand-up night and I peed myself. <laughs> yeah, I went to a show last night, and going to the shows always gives you a double-edged sword of like, well, that person can do it, so I can do it, but also that other person is amazing, and yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> champion, and I suck. <laughs> so within that, though, like, so I think step one is like, okay, acknowledge that you do actually enjoy something. Don't hide it. Acknowledge it if you enjoy it and you want to learn more about it. I think above all else, it's the fact that you want to learn more about it or get more involved in it. So now, like the fact that you, I think at the start of this road trip, just finally acknowledge, like, I do want to get into stand-up comedy or improv comedy, one of the two. Yeah. Now it's like, so you talk about the validation, like small settings, right? Where Instagram is a large setting at this point because you have a huge Instagram following, but doesn't have to be like you post on Instagram and see who comes to it. You can no, be your personal Facebook. Exactly. Or not even that, but like when we've been out in our nights on this road trip, you'll kind of, I notice you'll take mental note of like if people laughed at something you said, you'll be like, okay, that's something I could use as material. Yeah, and you take a note of it and then you go back to later and you see if you can actually do something with that idea. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or like to the, uh, to the point about like people saying to you, Daniel, how did you write such a, or how did you know what headline to put? It's like listening is a key component of this, right? Like, so I'll, I'll write, I'll put out our email newsletter and our blog, and some people will write back, like, these are the exact words I needed to hear. And it's because, you know, what I do with our email newsletter is I ask for a response nearly every single time. And what that does is, A, I get to connect with these people on such a deeper level than just, here's an email, read it, never talk, never hear me until the next one. It's we actually get to a conversation, but then at the same time, I get to really figure out like what's going on in these people's lives because if one person is feeling it, like you said, there are more people who have that frustration or excitement or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. You just need to find out okay, what's the one person thinking because other people are going to think that too. Yeah, one thing you can do too, um, just in terms of like touching product research and figuring out what to give to the world, surveys are a great way to do that. You know, and but like um, but very subjective surveys where people have like long responses. And so what I'll do is I'll ask for a survey, three or four questions, and then I will, I'll say something like, um, what's your main frustration with starting a business? People will be like, oh, well, I don't feel like I can come up with any good ideas, and um, sometimes I have so many ideas I feel paralyzed, right? Oh, uh, You're good, you're good. They'll be like, those days I'm like, I have so many ideas that I feel like I'm paralyzed. So what I'll do is I'll just take their exact words and be like, I feel like you have so many ideas that you can paralyze. Right, yeah. You'll be like, oh my yeah. god, how <laughs> right, did you exactly. know that? I'm like, well, only 1,500 people wrote down in a survey. Right. So I just took well, and that's where like, a lot of times we'll tell people, like, knowing how people talk is such a key component right. to right. understanding how to, like, gain volition and momentum with anything. And, like, there's a difference if, you know, if you go to, a, you go to the doctor and you're like, my back's killing me. It feels like I have daggers. If the doctor is like, so, it feels like you have maximum amount of pain on a, on a 9 out of 10 scale. You're like... Which smiley face are you? Right. Like, <laughs> you're both saying the same thing, yeah. essentially, but if you're not saying it the same way that person is, you're like, that's the difference between okay versus, oh, he gets me or she gets me. Is it mostly in your lumbar or thoracic spine? Right. If you actually listen, listen to the diction and articulate the words <laughs> of your audience, you'll uh, maximize your productivity. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
Um, another, so like tactically, another thing that, uh, and this is what I think is interesting too about like once you own the fact that you really enjoy something and you just like immerse yourself or you just stop caring if people don't like it or not. So like for me with wrestling, like now that I embrace it so much, I watch it with more than just a fan lens. I watch it with like, okay, what kind of story are they trying to create here? Can I predict the outcome? Can I not? What characters are trying to develop? All this stuff. One of the things I, I picked up recently in doing, in just watching, with researching as well, is uh, I'm, I'm toying with the name. Either I'm going to call it the Shawn Michaels effect, who's an older wrestler, or the Seth Rollins effect, who's the, the champion right now in, in WWE. And so I'll use Seth Rollins because he's the most relevant example right now. Uh, when Seth Rollins is wrestling, this dude is like. He's one of the more agile guys, but he'll bring out the high-flying moves every now and then. So that way, it's like every time you watch his match, you're like, I have to see this because I don't know what he's going to do. Versus there's another guy, his name is Neville, and he's like the supreme acrobat. Like his nickname is the man that gravity forgot. So that's amazing. Every time you watch him wrestle, you know he's going to do these crazy flips and somersaults and whatever. So like, I, I almost know like I don't need to see that because... I, he's going to do that the next match, but with Seth Rollins, it's like he's very calculated in when he's like, okay, this is a bigger match. I'm going to pull out oh this type God. of move. He's so impressive. A twist a song. Every song he's snapping, right? But you know you can miss a song and it's okay. Versus like an Eminem song. When he snaps, it's like, oh my God, did you hear Eminem snap on that? No, I'm thinking of wrestling right now, like the, the Rock. So my favorite, you know, Rock finisher is people's elbow, right? He didn't do it every time. Right. And he did so rock bottom. He did that kind of more frequently. But the people's elbow first. He would stop him on the ring. Yeah. He would take off his fucking elbow pad. <laughs> yeah. Really, really fucking slow. He would throw <laughs> it out in the stand. And when he goes like, like this. Yeah. And then he's fucking running this way. <laughs> <laughs> he's running. Daniel's running across. I'm straight up getting scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm getting scared. Yeah. There's a large man running around. It's I mean, awesome. But he didn't do it every time. Even on the video game, you couldn't even make him do it every time. Well, and what happened, what, and this goes back to the validation thing, right? If you look at The Rock in his younger days when he was a wrestler, the people's elbows started as a normal move that he just did. That, and then he started to see, okay, people are catching on to this, so now I'm going to make it the big move that I right. do. It wasn't like right Great away. Great scarcity, like, man. Great scarcity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love the, how much we talked about wrestling. The most electrifying <laughs> man. And he actually, he, he lived up to that. He really is like the most electrifying man yeah. in entertainment. Well, sport, first it was sports entertainment. Not just entertainment. It's entertainment now. Yeah. He, uh, we, we, we reference The Rock a lot in our material. And things he's, I mean, he's, he's amazing. And, and he's someone who, and we've done this before, but you compare Hulk Hogan to The Rock. Take the most recent like racist stuff out of the picture, but uh, which is just <laughs> oh, and it's done. <laughs> he's just getting old. Take that stuff out of your picture prior to you know four weeks ago or whatever. Uh, Hogan can never be anything but Hulk Hogan, the character, like to the point where like he had his his hair is just extensions at this point, <laughs> and like his mustache was probably fake. Like if he's not wearing that costume, no one knows who he is, and he can't exist pretty much. Where's his daughter room? though? But his daughter. <laughs> but his daughter. But his Whoa, daughter. Brooke. Thirsty. <laughs> but Brooke Hogan, though. Whoa. She needs a record deal. Anyone got a label? <laughs> Moving on. She was, she We've was already gotten you in trouble with your girlfriend. Oh, God. She was at a, because um, they live in St. Petersburg, and so I'm up in Tampa, and she was at a, a Walmart doing a, like a showcase in Tampa, and there was like 10 people watching, and I was in the background like, 
Hey, Brooke. Just Thurston. She was in the electronic section selling her album. I'm like, wow. There are 10 people who are buying this album. Yeah, 10 people. <laughs> Did it have Paul Wall on it, though? I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't know if that Paul Wall's an Iceman. Iceman. But even, okay, so like, look at someone like him, like Paul Wall, or any of these musicians who come and go, like they're more one-hit wonders. It's because they got so like pigeonholed into like this is the one thing you are, and they can't be flexible with it. Versus like you look at Jay Z, he's so much of a different rapper now than he was when he came out 20 years ago. But he's more relevant now than he was 20 years but ago. But I, I think there's also like a level of raw skill. Like you, I mean, I don't have to take the whole conversation of rap, but you look at like Mike Jones. He doesn't have enough skill <laughs> to be able to change himself. Sorry, Mike, if you're listening to this. <laughs> But I mean, he has Who? his own little exactly. <laughs> he actually that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's you know? true. <laughs> that's funny. So, well, and I think it's knowing where you should focus as well. Um, not everyone is great at everything, and you see that. Like some people can act and rap and do everything, but like really, at the end of the day, if if you're best in one place or um, best of being behind the scenes, like is, you'll always be like, hey, what happened to that singer? Well, maybe they just found a niche right, that they're right. better at, and they're you know forelling it up in the background right. until they get that one hit that's like, no, that's mine. Well, hit. even Kanye is producer for several. Exactly. Years. He got his chance for that. And sometimes I was watching a good interview with Kanye, who I think um, you know, like generally he's been annoying me for the past over the past three years yeah. or so because he's just like he's. Because he's the greatest. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's really <laughs> I'm a worse than the generation. I mean, you know, uh, I think he called last time I heard him. He said he called himself a uh, uh, young Walt Disney, whatever. But anyway, I mean, so anyway, racist. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but um, but he, he just likes mice. He had to look at where he wanted to go and realize that like he had to use one medium to break into other mediums to a glass ceiling. So he's like, I had to be a producer to become a rapper. They wouldn't expect me. To get to fashion, I had to be a rapper because right. I can't be this kid from Chicago and be a high fashion designer. I have to be an internationally famous rapper first, and maybe after fashion, I can you know do something else. But he wants to get into Pixar right now. Oh, does he really? But they won't. They don't want him, and <laughs> so he's like, "Well, yeah, I'm I think he'll find it. a way. No, he'll find a way." Are you, are you joking? I'm not. He talked about. Really? It. He's like Pixar keeps blackballing me, and did, Disney. Do? He wants to be. He wants to be like, Walt Disney. Like, make, make films and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll do well at it. Yeah. It, won't, it maybe won't be with Pixar, because they say his stories don't match their stories, which fair. It's probably ridiculous, yeah. but... But, yeah, that's where he's trying to go. Oh, he's super cinematic, though. Have you seen any of his stuff? Like, yeah. He, does some, he, he um, just won the MTV Video Vanguard. Yeah, with, with Michael Jackson. Jackson. When he won. Yeah, I mean, you know, so he does good work, but I feel like if people continuously, like... Uh, he probably feels the same way too. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he we talked about this before. He creates his own enemies, his own uh, enemies. But, he but creates he people to fight against. So, like, it's on purpose, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he does. I, who knows what's going on in his head, right? How to, how how much he's able to convince or just be real with himself. But I really think that he sits down and says, if I want to get to this next level, I need to have someone to fight against to cross over a barrier. Like a boss in the video game. Exactly. He's like, I need to conquer. Yeah. He's like, where's Bowser? I need a new Bowser. Ah, so that's Taylor Swift then. Yeah. It is. Like, like, literally, like, Taylor Swift has no issues with Kanye West, but he's going to create an issue with Taylor Swift so he can say, like, I need something I need to get past here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's George Bush. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a key thing is if you just sit there and say, I enjoy watching and, and consuming the things that I enjoy, 
you'll never get off of Netflix. You'll just sit there all day watching yeah, Netflix. But if you say, I want this to be my world, now you've got an uphill battle to, to go against. And you can start fighting your way up that hill. But in a good way. In a good way, yeah. I also, um, so the Kanye stuff brings up to me another point. So he had a Jimmy Kimmel interview a year or two ago, I think. And we talked earlier tonight about the, um, you know, like the whole idea of being a nerd and that kind of stuff. High school nerd, middle school nerd. In this Jimmy Kimmel interview he did, he's like, think back to like, you know, your elementary school days. Who was the one, like, pick, and picture the artist saying, like, yeah. who was the one in the corner doodling, getting picked on, getting his lunch money taken? He's like, I was that kid, and now we are the ones who are taking over this world and creating the things that all of you people consume. So it's funny because, it really is like you just you stick with it, and the thing that probably makes you peculiar at the start is the thing that's gonna make you stand out in the end. It's true, yeah. For me, that was like, um, like I was really good at public speaking, so I used to do like public speak competi speaking competitions in elementary and middle school. People were like, "That's fucking weird. Why would you do that?" Like the, I don't know if you guys had Tropicana speech. It was like this. I did not. This competition. And just um, hope for you. Considering it was Tropicana, I'm assuming it was a Florida thing. Uh, I, <laughs> Yeah, I guess so, maybe. I don't know, looking back on it. But yeah, that's a weird thing to do. And now I'm like, wow, I'm making money using public speaking right. skills. Yeah. Joke's on you. Well, the rest of you peaked at 18. Yeah. Cool. I'm pointing to you, Facebook audience. Well, I, I think that that's key. So when going back to a couple of things that we talked about here, you know, how do you perceive yourself versus how others perceive you? Um, when we first sat down, you said I was weird because I made some offhanded comment, right? And, <laughs> and one of the ways to know how other people perceive you or to know maybe where you should be going is to lean into that weirdness. Um, if you're weird about something, like think about do I, am I weird about that because I love it or am I weird about that just because you know, I'm insane and if you're insane, you probably won't be able to answer that question, so just you know, move on. But if, if it's because you actually love it, lean into that weirdness, get a little bit weirder with it and Every time someone says you're weird, you're probably on the right track. One of the things that I did when we started this company, every time my parents said, uh, that sounds weird, I knew it was the right direction to go. Because what, what drove me crazy is, is the fact that, you know, I took the safe job and I did the safe things and every single time I did something safe, I was less happy. And so then I went and did, you know, the space tanks and floated in isolation and all that crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's weird and that's also a story and that's also memorable. And that's also something interesting that you can then take and share with other people and maybe take people to it. I took three groups of people to the isolation tanks and I guarantee you they all remember me. So those are the types of things. If you lean into your weirdness and you allow that to kind of start shaping where you go, it really starts to open up uh, the memorability aspect because weird things are memorable. And on that note too, uh, give me a really good idea, um, but I'll let that percolate. All right. The weird things, it's you have to kind of just understand like it's only weird temporarily because it will catch on soon enough, right? Like all through high school, my dad was telling me I should meditate and I should do yoga because it would That's help weird. me. It would help me for track. I was a track athlete in high school. He said this will make you what event? more flexible. Two hundred, four hundred. Whoa, four hundred is a hard race. It is very hard. <laughs> so he's like, it'll help you with your strength, your injuries that you have. Might even make you faster, and you'll have developed a better breathing pattern when you're running. And I was like, no, that's weird. Now, what are the two things I do to start every day? I meditate <laughs> and I do yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, 
I love the idea because you lean into the weirdness and you just kind of embrace it because it's not going to, at some point, it's not going to be weird anymore. It's well, it's not going to be weird to you. It might still be weird to other people, and that's what's important. If you are normal is boring, normal is fucking boring <laughs> to throw a cup, uh, finally a curse word in here. But the, the idea is just like, you know, I mean, one of the things with this podcast is we throw in really weird stuff every once in a while. One of the ends of our podcast got a little graphic. But the whole, yeah, was, you'll hear it. And, uh, but, but, yeah. So, but the thing is, you know, I get a text from my, my parents saying, you know, you know, your dad stopped listening after all the swearing, or like, Mrs. Prendergast, oh, no. like this, and like, sorry, Mrs. Prendergast. Um, uh, but like, the idea is not that it's, it's starting a conversation, regardless of what that conversation is. And that's another conversation about my work that I'm having with my family that I would not be having if I wasn't pushing the envelope. True. Otherwise, they would have just said, I listen to your podcast. And it was normal. Yeah, and then we'd pour some more orange juice and move on with the day. And it's <laughs> like, no, it's, it's fine. It causes a little bit of controversy, a little bit of pushing the envelope makes it more interesting. And that also makes it memorable. But also, I want to curb that by saying, it still has to be you. One of the coolest things about tonight and getting to meet you in person is that there is no difference between the videos I've seen you post on Instagram of yourself, talking like, I don't know, at the gym or whatever you're doing, and the handshake that we have. That's a huge person. compliment, thank you. Yeah, and it's like, literally you walked in the room and I was just like, yep, that's that's Di Piazza. I know exactly what I'm about to talk to and I know exactly the kind of conversation I'm gonna have. That's a huge compliment, thank you. So, you mean he didn't start with, hey Bart, comma, and then he went, yeah. <laughs> hello, it's a pleasure. It was wonderful to meet you today. <laughs> but you know what, sometimes, Sometimes it is like that, though. You'll meet people in their certain way in public, and then you meet them and be like, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we difference. were just talking about someone we know. You just were like, I don't understand how this is the same person I see online. Yeah. Not you, someone else. Maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking of someone too. I'm like, not saying any names. But yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of who you're talking about, but yeah. We'll, we'll talk off, off air. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you who I'm talking <laughs> about too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it, same thing. Like, I remember, um, remember when I, you know, four or five years ago now, at the restaurant, I was starting to get interested in entrepreneurship and trying to figure this whole thing out. And I started getting a lot of reading a lot of books, especially on my break time that you read like the Wall Street Journal or Harvard Business Review. People were like, why are you reading that? Like, what could you possibly be getting your server? Why are you getting Harvard Business Review? That's weird. I'm like, uh, I, yeah, I'd much rather be figuring out what the, what the winners are doing right now, trying to figure this whole thing out, than what, what are you, what are you on your, what are you, what are you reading right now? Are you reading like TMT? Uh, at my last job, the thing that was not weird to do was watch Desperate Housewives, but I'm not going to do that, so <laughs> I'm going to go watch Doctor Who and be a little weird and enjoy that. So. Uh, I'm Daniel, I'm curious to know, this is kind of quasi-tangent, so you were working as a server four years ago, right? Yeah, four years. Now you have a six-figure business now? Close to seven. Half seven, okay. Yeah, all right. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Not awesome. Not awesome. Boom, boom, boom. We, we will be there soon. One day. Um, when you look back over these last four years, what's the one thing where you're like, I cannot believe blank? Oh, uh, personally or professionally? Do both. Okay. Um, personally, uh, personally it's jujitsu. I can't believe I waited so long to get into that more. Uh, in 2009, I did a movie um, in partnership with in the UFC where I had to play an MMA fighter and so for about two months they had me training 
uh, who had like really now now that I'm kind of into jujitsu, he's like a really famous jujitsu guy, which at the time I wish I would have appreciated it more. He's, he's a friend. Uh, his name is Renato uh, Tavares. He's like a legendary jujitsu martial artist. And um, and I like I enjoyed my time, but like something it just it wasn't my time to be really involved in jujitsu. So it was a cool learning experience. But now that I'm so deeply into the jujitsu culture, like I'm training like nine times a week, I'm flying across the U.S. to compete. Like I feel like this is like a part of my soul, and I'm like, wow, how did I miss this all, all these years? Like it's like it's like I found an appendage that was like, why did I pass? I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what I what I realized I was talking to a friend. He's not losing. <laughs> I was talking to a friend about this, and you know these things come into your life for a reason at a certain time. So that was the personal thing that I was thinking, wow, I can't believe that I didn't do that professionally. Um, professionally, I think maybe maybe it would just be, I can't believe that I was uh, so hesitant to like be my honest self sooner. Because uh, you have this idea that, like we were talking, like you have to be some sort of like popped up version of yourself, but it's actually much better to just be the version I would be talking to you guys, like I said, Try to be pretty congruent between who I am off camera and on camera, and that was when I started to realize that, like, like a perfect example is um, a few years ago I got an introduction to editor at U.S. News and World Report. They have a, I don't even know if they're even a relevant publication anymore. I think for colleges and high schools, for college maybe. But I was gonna write for them, and they looked at my website and they're like, you dropped an F bomb." Here on the website, we don't want to link to you, so you can't write for us. And I actually went back and I changed my website because they didn't want to link to me. And kind of, you know, because I'm like, well, if they don't want to, then maybe other people won't want to. Now I would never do that. Now I'd be like, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but I say, yeah, you know, your audience is not my audience. Yeah, your audience is not my audience then. And so, so I can't believe that it took so long to realize that it's okay. To, if you're really gonna say it, say it. But, but that, keep that in mind. This is kind of a very millennial way of thinking. This is oh, not. Yeah. This is not like my grandparents would look at this and be like, "What? What are you doing? Like, right. are you putting your business out here?" Right. You know. So, and even even my my mom and my dad, they're 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 more I like like for instance, I did a um, Periscope on my I had a lost journey, which I'm not sure if you guys remember. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. And so I did a Periscope on that. Of course, my mom and dad watched my Periscope. Like, you can't be talking about the drug use on Periscope. I'm like, first of all, mom, it goes away in 24 hours. This thing's going away. It's Periscope. <laughs> Second of all, I didn't even know. Yeah, I, didn't know. I thought it was forever saved. No, I mean you can save it on your own phone. But okay, it goes away. All right. Um, so, but but um, but so that uh, Denver. <laughs> but, but it's totally cool for me to talk about that because that's what I actually did. You know, it's it's okay. It's okay. And so now I'm studying. Well, then you see the Giants come out, and you see Tim Ferriss talking about psychedelics. And, right. Right. You know, he's he's catching a lot of the flack that's going to open a lot of doors for the people talking right. about. So. Well, I think what's interesting. Most people, people that they look up to are the most themselves. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And like the Rock has said it, Drake has said it, all these people are saying, well, like, they all have some variation of a quote, which is a variation of what you just said is, by and large, the hardest thing to do is to just be comfortable with being yourself. So once you do that, everything Drake changes. was sing rapping about breakups. Right. Yeah. Like, like he made being emotionally available cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would even go as far as to say in some of the jobs that I've had, um, the most successful people at those companies were the most real versions of themselves. Yeah. It's everyone else who really shouldn't be there, but is trying to fit the mold of whatever. 
Like if, if you're being yourself, you're gonna find your path eventually. It's easier, it's just it's yeah. easier to, there's no bias to keep track of. Exactly. You don't have to be like, oh, I see that person that I was this and I'm not, so I have to keep remembering to act like this. I, per, I Yeah, I said I could do this job because of the points on the resume right, and the job right, description. Right. Now all of a sudden I have to go learn code. <laughs> I have to learn Ruby. <laughs> but even even in the past, like um, like that's caught me before. I've said that I could do something that I really could do. Fun, 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 fun. You know, um, and so now I would just never do that. Right? Yeah. Um, but it takes a while. To yeah. Well, I did that time. So we're doing some consulting work right now for someone launching a Kickstarter campaign. And off the bat, like they were looking for social media help. I said we are not. Well, we're not. We don't know a whole lot about social media, but we're very good at this content. Yeah. We can help you build a content strategy. And if you have social media questions, I know people I can help you And that's why we're working with them. Right off the bat, I was just honest about what we do. Yeah, we could have sat there and said, what are our, our what is it that we do as a company? Well, what is our clients' needs? Well, our clients' needs are social media. I guess we're a social media. Yeah, right. you know, we blog posts like, on how yeah. Twitter followers. Exactly. Yeah, God knows how many times I've seen that happening. And on top of that, like, we opened up to this brand, like they didn't even consider content strategy as something they should think about for yeah. launching their, their brand and their Kickstarter. Uh, yeah, or like, <laughs> you're missing a few big pieces. Yeah, yeah. so we were able to bring that to them, kind of basically just by being honest on the bat and being ourselves, being like, here's what you should consider, here's what we're good at. And they're like, yes, that makes sense, let's do it. And especially and since our approach to content strategy is being blunt and honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This doesn't make sense, change it. Yeah. All right, we need to wrap up. Before we do, Daniel, where can our audience, our listeners, find you and what do you work uh, You can find me at pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> They're making very classy oh, advertisements. They're making very classy. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, making porn <laughs> norm. Making porn, whoa. Uh, I just came up with that. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm awful. Um, <laughs> That's what the Colossus is for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whenever I do webinars, I have to be like, Double D. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Whenever I do webinars, I have to make sure my history of my browser is super clear, oh so God. that I'm like, when I'm showing them stuff, I'll be like, yeah, I'm trying to put a funnel. I like that we leave all the really offensive stuff for the last minute. Because yeah. <laughs> no one listens to the last minute anyway. Yeah, that's, you know, that's fair. And I, I actually prefer that. We'll skip around. Um, I'll rich, start off with squares next time. Rich 20-something, right? Rich 20-something.com, rich 20-something.com. And we've got a cool mini course for you. And you can either email me and say that I'm doing God's work, or you can wish me death. <laughs> pizza grinders. Yeah, pizza grinders. Yeah, both are average responses. All right. Yeah. <laughs> both are normal. Both are normal. <laughs> yeah. Rich20something.com. All right. And uh, your, your Instagram and Twitter is at rich 20 yeah, something. Rich 20. All right. To wrap the show up, we'll go one by one. We'll start with Martin and close with Daniel. Uh, the topic for this episode was how do you become memorable? Martin, what's your answer to the question? My answer to the question is lean into your weird and share those stories with people that also like that weird thing. My <laughs> answer is, I'm actually gonna take this on the, the tactical route, and, and my answer is, is the Seth Rollins effect when they're talking about wrestling. You don't have to be over the top every time you're doing something. You can do, you can kind of be as you are and then pick some specific moments to really showcase and really like project essentially. Yeah, and I'm gonna kind of bridge off that and say, um, pay careful attention to what what your respective audience is saying and how they're feeling trying to connect with them, with them emotionally by talking to them in their own voices, right? So the example of people saying, you know, oh, uh, I, I'm, you know, what what did you say, Roger? You said, um, 
I have shooting knives in my back. Right. You know, listen to that. There's a reason why they're describing their pain like that. And um, if you can adopt some of those words, you can pull yourself closer to them. Yeah, and create a knife removal service. Yeah, create a product to solve the problem. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's for people who have ex-wives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> All right, that wraps up this live podcast. Thank you to General Assembly in LA for hosting us for this. Daniel DiPiazza, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will put this episode out very soon. Our epic road trip continues. We're in LA right now. We go to Vegas. We go to Austin. We go yes. to uh, Houston, we go to Nashville, we go to New Orleans, and you can follow along on the road trip at idealemon.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It's called Discover Your Inner Awesome, and we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Periscope at Idealemon. So follow along with the journey, and let's make cool shit happen together. All right, go check out Rich 20-something, and let's go ride this roller coaster. Oh. <laughs>